With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to our second weekend preview of an epic weekend horse racing on the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy alongside my good friend and At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! Oh, that's really <laughs> frustrating because you've changed your intro and your signal broke up. Oh, no. no. Now, the last time this man was on, he mimicked Kevin Blake's famous intro from Bally Doyle to At The Races. It's Declan Ricks. Hello. <laughs> uh, Rixie, you've been writing about Irish Champions Weekend for AtTheRaces.com. They're all, obviously, all the race cards will be there with At The Races analysis and time form analysis. Uh, it looks to be a fantastic weekend, although the main race itself, which we'll start with, might not have the strength and depth that we'd hoped for. But in terms of the going, our experts, when it comes to meteorology, Mr. Kevin Blake... What is the latest at Leopardstown in the Curra? Hello! <laughs> Leopardstown. It's currently good to firm uh, on the inner track, on the outer track. It's good to firm, good in places. Bear in mind, they run the first three races on the inner track and the last four races on the outer track. That's important. Um, the, the forecast is generally good. A little bit of rain tonight. Uh, not much at all and dry thereafter. So... With Leopardstown being um, as as strong on the old drainage front as it is, I think we can study based on good to firm ground, or certainly at worst, good to firm, good in places. Amateur meteorologist Kevin Blake there, with his Nothing amateur about me, with hey? his analysis <laughs> of the going in Leopardstown. What about the Curra? Ah, uh, the Curra slightly easier um, there this morning. Uh, which is Thursday morning. They call it good to yielding, yielding in places on the straight and good on the round track. Um, they thought it was going to be dry today and potentially unsettled thereafter. So I think if you were doing your study today, you'd probably be looking on the easy side of good, maybe. Um, maybe maybe it might be more like good come Sunday, but um, it's certainly not going to be on the quick side of good. So I'd say good, easy side of good. and You okay. won't go too far off. Well, the fixture race on at the races on Saturday is obviously the St. Ledger and the co-feature is the Kipco Irish Champion Stakes. Group one, it'll be run on the outer track over 10 furlongs and Roaring Line is the odds-on favourite. The best price you can get about them currently as we record 
is 5-6 to six and Oshin Murphy comes over for the ride. John Gosden looking for his third win in the last 10 years for this race. Saxon Warrior, who once again takes him on for Ryan Moore and Aidan O'Brien, 7-2. to uh, The French Derby winner, Study of Man, who was beaten in his prep race last time out, but the French don't care one jot about prep races. He'll be spot on for this for Pascal Barry and Stefan Pasquier, 6-1. to one. And then we still have uh, Verbal Dexterity on a comeback mission, 16's Rhododendron. And good old Deauville is still knocking around. Sure, why not? Uh, Kevin, your assessment of this race, it essentially is about the front three in the betting, surely. Um, you would imagine so. You would imagine so. You know, Roaring Lion and the Saxon Warrior know each other very, very well at this stage, um, having met um, probably in the majority of their of their race course starts. They've taken each other on. And of late, which of course is more important than the, the earlier meetings, um, it's all about, been about Roaring Lion, hasn't it? But, but, uh, fans of Saxon Warrior, there's a case to be made for Saxon Warrior, to be fair. Um, at Sandown, in the Eclipse, he was coming back just, you know, five days. Um, oh, it wasn't quite five days, it was, it was a week, it was, wasn't it? It was exactly a week after the Irish Derby, it was seven days. Ex- exactly a week after the Irish Derby, and he ran a very good race. You know, I thought... He got a better run through than Roaring Line. A Roaring Line beat him anyway, but just based on the preparation, you could make a case that Saxon Warrior might may do better in future. And then they met again at York, of course, and you know Roaring Line was very impressive, and Saxon Warrior uh, was beaten five lengths. But you have the added angle of you know horses weren't all that well. The Ballydoyle horses weren't all that well. You know Aidan O'Brien has singled out Saxon Warrior as one that it did hit. And he felt he went to York needing the run. Um, so you've got that in, in your back pocket if you wanted to take a chance on him reversing the form. But that wouldn't be for me now. Not at these prices. Um, I think Saxon Warrior, as good as he was in the Guineas, and I was super impressed with him in the Guineas. I thought we had a star in the making. Uh, Roaring Lion has gone the right way. And I think he was always a horse that was either going to go one way or the other. John Gosden has done a super job with him and he seems to be getting better with every start and he was deadly at York and I think 10 furlongs around Leopardstown and he's drawn eight he'll be dropped in I could just see him sprinting down the outside there and and doing them all I think he's got a fine turn of foot he's I'd love to see him back over a mile actually I might be in the minority there but I think he'd fully have the pace for a mile at the highest level Um, one can only imagine unless they do a famous Ballydoyle double bluff, that this race will be run at a solid pace. You've Deauville there, who often makes the running. Saxon Warrior drawn in two. Um, you'd imagine that they'll try and make it a, an even pace. Saxon Warrior stock, and that uh, they'll try and get first run on Roaring Lion, who would be coming under a much quieter ride, one would imagine. And um, yeah, I just think Roaring Lion will have too much toe. I, to be honest, I just think he's a better horse than Saxon Warrior. Um, and the prices at the minute perhaps underestimate how much of a better horse he is. Um, and I know that's an unusual thing to say about an odds-on Fav, but he's probably entitled to be shorter in my book relative to Saxon Warrior than he is. Well, officially, he's six pounds clear from 126 and 120 for Saxon Warrior. It's going to be a busy day for Ryan Moore. He starts at Doncaster, where he'll ride Kew Gardens, and then he flies back to Leopardstown 
to partner Saxon Warriors. So they obviously mean business with them, but it's been very, very disappointing with him, Declan. And if you are going to back him, then you have to come up with any amount of excuses as to why you're going to do exactly that. And Roaring Lion really has been the star over 10 furlongs, to be fair. Um, he's won an Eclipse. He's won a, a Job Month International. And I don't see any reason why he can't take the Irish champion stakes en route, with the exception of the French interest. We'll come to him in a second. But of the two, it's the sixth time that they'll clash. Which camp are you in, Roaring Lion or Saxon Warrior? I oh, look at the, the mark. The marker really says it all, lads. Um, Roaring Lion is just all he's done is gone on as the season has gone on, is improve and improve and improve. And you know, for me, in my book now, he's he's comfortably a much much better horse than Saxon Warrior. And I think we're talking, you know, a good eight or nine pounds better on on the latest kind of um, evidence that we're seeing. Um, I think you know if. Everything needs to go right for Saxon Warrior to win, and probably everything needs to go wrong for Roaring Lion to win. Um, I, I'm fully of the um, opinion and agree with Kev of what he said with Saxon Warrior. You know, I, I'd be looking to go forward with Doville. Saxon Warrior just sit on on his tail outside him, and you know, with Roaring Lion drawn an eight, you know, there, there's there's maybe a little bit of scope for him to get a little bit further back and be a little bit wider than ideal, depending on how Oshin wants to um, to ride him. Um, but look, if 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 Saxon Warriors to go in, well, not just Saxon Warrior. If Roaring Lion is to lose this race, he's going to have to a hell of a lot is going to have to go wrong, um, or he's not going to have he's not going to run his race. I think it's it's as simple as that. And I agree with Kev when he says, you know, I think he's best price five to six. You know, I, I think he probably should be shorter on all known form. Yeah, he may very well be by the time the race goes off. Or of course, the lads could get stuck into Saxon Warrior, and uh, we may very well see money coming for him. I mean, at this stage, Kevin, it's very much. A retrieval mission with him he will have a place at stud but you talked about how impressed you were with him in the 2000 guineas i think we all were and and one of the things that was really impressive about that performance was the comments from aiden o'brien were well he's going to need this and he'll improve from it and in actual fact he went the other way so a win here would be huge for him obviously but it's difficult to have any faith in him um, I think it is at this stage. And look, after he won the Guineas, it would have been a hundred to one shot that we would see him as a four-year-old. But I think at this stage, there's a sporting chance we might see him. Yeah. You know, bar he wins here, there's got to be a chance he they, they want another crack at it with him, which would be great. I would say, love even if it. he won here, Kev, he'll probably be back next year. Maybe so. Maybe so. It'd be a very interesting decision to make. Um, you know, being a son of deep impact. You know, he, he would, you know, even though he's fallen a small bit flat since his Guineas win, he'd still be a, a very commercial proposition for Manny. Um, so, that, that, but we'll, you know, that's a decision for later. Um, I'd be surprised if he won here. But look, just, and I, and I haven't really hammered this race down in terms of how it's likely to be run, but you just look at it. Like, Doville is probably the lone pace unless they go forward with verbal dexterity, you know, with the benefit of, of that comeback run underneath him. You know, Deauville may, and, you know, Rhododendron's probably going to be up there. They might just, if you put yourself in, in Aidan O'Brien's shoes, looking at this race and say, right, how can we beat Roaring Line? You know, Roaring Line, even if they went on the steady side, I think he has to drop in, doesn't he? Yeah. From stall eight, he has to drop in. Yeah. 
and you've yeah, got you can take Hill. a tug as well can't you, you probably yeah. need like a bit of a lead and a bit of cover absolutely you know you've got Deauville you've got Rhododendron you've got Saxon Warrior in two you know I wonder could there just be a scope for uh, you know Deauville go forward Rhododendron sit outside him or inside him the two of those go forward Saxon tracking and they don't go mad in front and they just get Saxon Warrior well positioned relative to Roaring Lion in a race that isn't run, that has just run at a steady pace, and maybe Saxon Warrior can can kick on, and um, and maybe try to to get the jump on Roaring Lion. Just thinking aloud now, but you know, at a very preliminary look at the race tactically, you know that might work because you know, and we can talk about it now because the thing is, you know, even if Oshin Murphy. Uh, and his connections are, are well aware of this. I don't know if they can really do anything different. You know, I don't think you, you, you'd like, Oshie Murphy would like to be asking Roaring Lion to go forward from stall eight and sit outside the leaders because he thinks it might be a steadily run race. I don't think that's really an option with him because he can get a bit fired up. I think they've got to drop in uh, and be at the mercy of the run of the race. And it just wouldn't shock me if it panned out like that. And that, that could make things interesting. But the thing about Roaring Lion is, He's got so much pace that he probably overcome in Hanoi, mm. and um, and even if you know Bally Doyle had that plan, uh, old Jimmy B uh, could could wreck it with verbal dexterity because he's a horse that's been seen to very good effect uh, making the running in the past, um, so he could potentially you know go forward himself and certainly sit very handy if not make it himself. So you know it wouldn't be a cast iron plan, but if you're if you're Aidan O'Brien. You're trying to say, right, Roar and Lion's probably a better horse than us right now. How do we give ourselves the best chance to beat him? That's the way I'd be thinking. But um, Aidan O'Brien would be a lot better at planning these things than me. So it, it was just that uh, for me, that'll be a very intriguing angle into the race. Just what they do to try and maximize their chances. Because if they go an even or stronger pace, you know, Saxon Warrior will have his chance, but it'll probably be a, it'll be a fair fight at that. And in a fair fight, you'd, you'd favour Roaring Lions. So I just wonder, could there be that little tactical edge to it to try and dip the scales just a little bit in Saxon Warriors' favour? May not be enough. Maybe it will be. But yeah, that, that, that'll be that'll be what'll be at the forefront of my warped mind as they go into the stalls here. Evan <laughs> Blake's warped mind. Uh, they do have uh, plenty of options in terms of pacemakers. Um, Rhododendron has, oh, gone badly backwards after her lock-in win and was thrashed last time out in France to go along with her defeat behind Wild Illusion at Goodwood. Um, Dunnick O'Brien takes the ride. Athena, who we saw win very impressively at Belmont, gets a hood for the first time in Deauville, we've talked about as well. I, I liked Nick Luck's piece of analysis on the Final Furlong podcast in our York review talking about how John Gosden has got Roaring Lions mind right. Is there any concern for you as you talk about the tactics about him coming out of stall eight. Yeah, like I, I'd say they'd nearly be happier with stall eight, which sounds a bit strange. I'd say they would have been delighted with stall seven. Um, because the thing about being drawn a little bit wide here is Oshin can jump out and just review. He can review what's going on and make a decision. Whereas if he's drawn on the inner and he clearly wouldn't want to be going forward from the inner, he's got the drop in the rail. He does, he, you know, he could have two Bally Doyle horses outside him and that's danger zone around Leopardstown. Whereas Roaring Lion, and we 
don't want to go down the Australia road here of giving him too too much of a safety first ride. But if I'm Ushi, I don't really want anything on my outside. I'm happy to drop in two off the rail and have the outside to myself because the last thing you want here is, is a Ballydoyle horse on your outside um, that could potentially hold you in a little bit longer than you want to be held in. You know, if he can drop in two off the rail, even if it's in second last, he can be the master of his own destiny, respond to how the race is being run in front of him uh, and make his own decisions. So for, from that point of view, I don't think they'll be depressed about the stall. Um, it's just, it gives you a little bit more freedom. You might not get the most efficient spin around. My pre-race view here is I don't think Oshin Murphy is going to have to really stress about giving Roar and Line a really efficient spin around the inner uh, and having to be, you know, very tactically considerate to, to get it to, to give him the most efficient ride possible. I think he's the best horse, and he just needs to, it, you know, it's a bit of a sweeping statement, but just keep him out of trouble, and, um, and he should be fine. And from that draw, I think he should be able to be he'll be, he'll be able to manage that just fine. Oshin Murphy looking for his first Group One on his home soil on Roaring Line. Uh, you mentioned Stall 7, Kevin, so this is where I'll bring in Rixie because coming out of Stall 7 is the other son of Deep Impact in the lineup and the one I like, uh, Study of Man, who showed a lot of class, but also a lot of fight, grit, and determination to go and win the French Derby. He was well held behind Night to Behold last time out when an odds-on favourite, but... French trainers just don't really have any respect for trials whatsoever. They regard them as just that, trials. And he looks like a horse who will improve for going up to 12 furlongs. Obviously, the French Derby run over 10. So I think it's fascinating that they're coming here um, in the first place, that they've elected to go for, for the 10 furlong race and not go for the pre-kneel as the usual prep for the arc. Yeah, look, he's... Um as you say, the, the French have little uh, um, respect for trials and that's maybe the, the real worry with study a man, I think, coming in here now. Um, he, he was, look, you have to say he was very, very, very disappointed behind uh, Night to Behold the last day. Um, and, you know, I thought he was so disappointed and it was kind of more of a worry. And then you kind of dig a little bit deep and you go back and you have a look at the pre the jockey club form, you know, He's beaten a 33 to one shot in second. He's been a 66 to one shot in third. Um, you know, intelligent is you know has upheld the form. To be fair, back uh, back and forth, but that was over a mile. Hunting Horn was back in sixth. Uh, he's kind of you know he's progressed to be fair, but he's progressed over um, further and under different conditions. So look, I don't know. Um, the long and the short of it is, I just don't think Study of Man is good enough to win. If I'm being honest, um, I think he's probably priced up a little bit on historical French. Um, uh, horses coming into this race like Almanzor um, you know if, at this stage of his career compared to Study of Man Almanzor would eat Study of Man I think is a fair thing to say so look I'm 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 happy to take on Study of Man um, there's a couple of people flagging him up that they like him but I just in his form just doesn't look good enough to me it's, um, I, I just really keep it that simple with him I think he's a fascinating runner to completely get into a row with you Declan uh, <laughs> uh, by deep impact out of a storm cap mare what's your assessment of study of man Kevin and to wrap this up what is in your mind the biggest danger if there is one or a value play against roaring line jeez <sighs> I'm struggling for a value play to be honest um, I don't mind study of man, but clearly opens more improvement. Last time you you wouldn't read it 
I wouldn't read into it too heavily. Uh, we all know what the French are like with their with their prep races, their proper prep races. And we don't I care. Shaped, it's a prep race. <laughs> I thought he shaped quite well. Um, so I don't think we've seen the very best of him, but um, geez, the French are a bad bunch there. Um, the last co- the last couple of years, just France are really struggling to produce proper horses. Yeah. Uh, for for some reason, it, it's it's an odd thing. Um, and while this fella look look clear, looks very good. Um, I just wouldn't be holding the French crop of three year olds in, in all that high regard. Now, to be brutally honest, well, they had that bog for a while, um, which was a very serious um, bog, which meant that yeah, there was the, a the, the equine herpes was, was herpes, running riot yeah. there in, in Shanti, and it meant that a, a uh, number of very famous yards had to close uh, and, and shut down temporarily. And I just wonder if if that's really knocked everything back a little bit, because it is, it is very interesting to note that, you know, study of man could be a superstar. Uh, Rakaltos could, I think Declan, you want to back him for the QE2. So there could be a, a few there, but it's, it's nothing like it used to be. No, like in geez, I've, I've done the stats on it there a few different times in recent years and Jesus, their, their performance is far below what you expect for what would be you know widely considered one of the the finest racing nations on the planet yeah you know they just i'm gonna get them up here and rixie will be will be shuddering at the memory of this because rixie you see has the has the deal with these tables that i send in from from my atr articles <laughs> and i'd say they drive them absolutely nuts oh <laughs> heartbreak, great heartbreak city boy Great, fantastic! <laughs> it's another chart from Kevin. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, but, yeah. He'll send on something there with forty-eight decimal places and ask me to round it, round it down to three. Like, can you sort this PowerPoint out for me for the at the races site? Thanks a bunch, Rixie. I owe you a pint. Oh. <laughs> no, the, but, the worst is when he rings in. You're halfway out the door. Go, oh, Jason, I'm after making a mistake and that. Can be- <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it how late change. That's an often but one of the podcast as well, by the way. But anyway, go on, kick on, uh, Kev. But but if if you go back three weeks or so um, on the OLATR website, in in, in my section, you, you'll find an article there entitled um, "What Horse Racing Nations Punch Above and Below Their Weight in World Racing," and you just like like I am, you, you'll just be a small bit taken aback by the French performance. Um, in recent years, it's just not what you'd expect for an, a, a racing nation of that size with that heritage. I know their breeding industry would be um, a fair jump behind the Irish and British breeding industries, but at the, same, at the same time, you know, you just expect more from them in terms of world class horses, mm. and they're just, they're just struggling a shade. Um, but look, that's not to say this fella can't be very, very good. Um, the, he's only had the five spins. Definitely more to come. It's brilliant that he's coming over. Yeah. Um, you know, he adds so I, much I, to the race. Absolutely, and we we don't see enough of the French in Ireland. You know, we used to before they they messed about with the with the pre jockey club. You could often rely on a you know a top French three year old coming over for the Irish Derby, and we we don't really we can be occasionally see it, but we don't really see it anymore. And it's great to see. And the likes of Alan Zor coming over for this race, you know, it just enhances it. It gives, it puts a shine on the thing. And um, so, fair play to Pascal Barry for coming over. I hope he runs very well for him. But um, I just can't help but think uh, like a, a substantial step up will be needed. 
to uh, to get on top of Roaring Lion. Okay, he's officially rated 115. Uh, as I said, Roaring Lion 126. I'm going with him, study of man. Uh, he'll be my play in the race. I really like Roaring Lion and wouldn't be in the least bit surprised if he goes and wins. He's definitely the one they all have to beat and he's the one I respect the most. I just don't have any interest in backing him at the price he is. From a betting perspective, Declan, is this a race you're going to sit back, watch and enjoy or are you going to plow in to Roaring Lion? Um, yeah, at the moment... Um I'm just going to, I'm thinking of sitting back and kind of just having a look and seeing what happens. But uh, I do think we have to give one horse a mention here. And that's the top one, lads, is uh, William Haggis is a Dave, um, who's looked pretty progressive this season. Now, to be fair to him, before um, everything kind of grounded to a halt in the lockage behind Rhododendron. But that ground that day was probably as quick as he'd wanted. And things just didn't pan out right for him. He was drawn away from the speed. And kind of, I think time has shown from that meeting at Newbury, anything that came down the stand side was basically running in in glue. Mm. You know, they had absolutely no chance. And William Haggis is not a trainer to overface his runners um, when he doesn't think they're right. And I do think Adeb is he's interested now. To be fair, he'd be the only horse in the pro in the race now. Um, that's probably got still, well, maybe, you know, you could say the same about verbal dexterity as well, but that's got a bit of a progress. He could, there could be more in him. And he did win at Sandown early in the season, beating Stormy Antarctic. And he traveled well and he picked up well and he hit the line well, which gives you, gives you a bit of confidence that he would see out this trip. He's by, he's by Pivotal, who's got plenty of stairs, um, who's bred plenty of stairs. So I, I think he's interesting. But the, the thing with him is obviously the rain. Now, I think Leopardstown are due maybe five or six mils. And if they get that and maybe a little bit more and it was genuine good ground, I would be looking at him now and I'd be waiting closer to the race just to see what the market is saying about him. And if all if 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 they go, I would maybe be playing him without roaring line is the way I would go about it. But the rain needs to come. But I think, you know, we definitely have to give him give him a um a, a good solid mention here. And just before we wrap up. Um, with Roar 9 I would flag this lad likes to hang a bit to his right and, and to his left but yeah. the last twice he's gone right and historically that is good turning into the straight at Leopard Sound at this meeting uh, everything that usually kind of c- finishes late and fast has do- done so out wide Golden but, Horn there you, there you go yeah the Golden Highway out there but the one thing is, what happens if this lad doesn't stop hanging right? Because he's gonna he's gonna go a fair old way across to the <laughs> to the to the stand side rail, isn't he? If he doesn't stop, be like Frankie and, on Golden Horn taking out half the field and still keeping the race. Yeah, yeah. But this lad might take a bit of steering now, and if Oshin has to steer him, um, he mightn't be able to kind of just get him into full stride. So that's maybe just another little thing that I'd be, I'd be thinking about with Roar and Line. But look, if if he runs his race, he's the one they have to beat. Um, that's pretty obvious. Five to six, I think, is a fair price. Um, not my type of bet to go in that short, though. So if the rain comes and the market is speaking in his favour, I think um, Adebe will, will give you a decent run for your money. OK, currently eight runners. So hopefully no non-runners late on. And um, yeah, five to six, roaring line. But Adeb for William Haggis, who has been mopping up races in Ireland, uh, famously uh, Tipperary on a Thursday night when we last had Rixie on. 
in an absolute <laughs> shambles. Oh, don't of, mention, don't mention the war, Jesus. Shambles of a podcast, <laughs> which was also one of my favourite to ever record. Right, uh, two hundred and six thousand and five hundred euro is on its way <laughs> to the Niarcos family and Jessica Harrington and Colm O'Donoghue. How far does Alpha Centauri win the Matron Stakes, Kevin Blake? Oh, look, I hope she bolts up. I hope she bolts up. Um, she's been fantastic, to be fair, this season. A real star. Seems to be getting better and better. Seems pretty bomb-proof. She can make her own running if she needs to. She can be held up and she'll turn her foot. Uh, her performance is getting boosted away the whole time. Um, it's it's very hard to knock her. Uh, this, isn't a, this isn't a field full of mugs, you'd have to say. You know, Lauren's back to a mile is interesting for sure. She's really tough. Um, but maybe doesn't have quite the class of Alpha Centauri. Um, you know, Magical Happily. Um, Clemmy's been disappointing, but they're, they're good solid fiddies. But I think Alpha Centauri is a star. And um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot more for me to say about it other than that. Very hard to see her beaten. Uh, one thing I would say, and this is just a general point, I've been disappointed that... Um, the promotion of Irish Champions Weekend. Like, where's the Alpha Centauri billboard? Agreed. Around Dublin. I mean, Agreed. Why, like, this filly has been targeted at this race for a good few weeks now. And, you know, all I'm all I'm seeing in terms of promo, um, uh, a lady that I'm not familiar with DJing after racing, um, another lady I'm not familiar with uh, doing some style icon thing taking over the champions weekend instagram the other night and i'm hearing about these ladies but i'm not hearing about the one lady i want to hear about alpha centauri a racehorse yeah. that's running as a, as a superstar of world racing and uh she, she's not been used to promote the meeting you know it just seems bananas to me from a marketing point of view um i, I know you know promoting the sideshow is a kind of a thing we do in racing because we're very insecure about our product it seems but by god we've got the one of the best fillies on the planet here and um and, and maybe i'm missing it maybe there's loads of alpha centauri stuff that i just have no there seen. isn't kev no you, you've nailed it and the thing is it is a difficult balance to get right and because is of, it though well here, here's the thing because of leopardstown's um position and and so it's so easy to go in from Dublin. I can see why they're trying to attract um, a social crowd and talking about it's Doreen Garrity. Is that her, her second name? I can't remember. She she has a show on RT and she she's a radio presenter. With G- Gar Garrity, yeah, Garrity. Yeah, um, she's, yeah, very, she's I'm not really she's familiar to be honest. Super talented and does brilliant impressions on Snapchat. Um, don't know anything about her in terms of of a DJ. <laughs> Seriously, she's she's hilariously funny and she has a show on RT where she takes the, the absolute piss out of people as well. So she, she's an Irish celebrity um, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with them having her there to perform after racing. I don't have a problem with them having an ambassador for fashion promote that. But surely the main reason that we're going to go racing is Alpha Centauri and one of the most yeah, prestigious like, races of the entire year, the Irish Champion Stakes. So why are they not the centerpiece? Why is that not? It's Aidan O'Brien, John Gosden, Pascal Barry. It's Jessica Harrington, who's having an incredible season. This is one of the best fillies we've seen for, for quite some time. 
she's arguably one of the best in the world and you can see her at Leopardstown Saturday. And that's not what we're getting. Yeah, well, to be fair, I'm just looking at the, the Twitter page there and there's, you know, there's videos up of, about Alpha Centauri and what have you, but it just doesn't seem to be the focus. And look, I, I, I don't mind this side show. You know, kick on, make it an event, you know, different things going on. But I just think you got to focus on the horse. Yeah. you got to focus on the horse. And, you know, doing Instagram takeovers with Ingrid Hoey, who, again, I'm not familiar with, no disrespect to her. Don't know her. Um, you know, and Darren Garrity, you know, great that she's playing after racing. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people there to watch her. But this is horse racing. It's horse racing. We have to stand over our product if we want. Ultimately, you know, people are rolling in for the sideshow they're good for the race course they'll pay their few bob to go in the door and they'll, they'll buy their few drinks and everything else but as a sport we got to promote our, our superstars yeah. you know we've got roaring lion one of the highest rated horses on the planet we've got alpha centauri um you know one of the highest rated fillies on the planet and certainly one of the most exciting um i just i it just frustrates me and and they've both been committed to this meeting for for a while you know it's not we, we it's not like we're in a situation with a seat of stars where we, we don't know if he's going to turn up on account of the ground um or something like that you know it just i just think there there, there should be more put on the stars well here's you know the thing I mean? Kev. here's the thing watching at the races during the week what are they promoting alpha centauri and the champion stakes the irish champion stakes where you're going to get to see roaring line saxon warrior uh, study of man so if you're watching at the races or you're watching rte who are equally um promoting alpha centauri and and the irish champion six as well so you know for the viewers at home the broadcasters are going out of their way to promote what a fantastic race meeting this is and the excitement and the prospect that that there is there well if you're on track you get to experience that and one of my fondest memories is being there um at Le- in fact at leopardstown watching one hurricane of- fly absolutely uh one of the greatest of all time <laughs> but, but i'll tell you what it wasn't it was the uh, noel hayes you were on tv with gary it was noel hayes vanessa and myself in the stands <laughs> cheering on the fly noel the back against him egg all over his face <laughs> hilarious scenes but it was a brilliant day to be there and the atmosphere was electric in the stands and there was such a feel-good factor around the place. That's racing. That's what makes it so good. I don't know who played after racing. I don't even know if anybody did and I don't really care. Like, it's, it's fine and it's great and if you want to turn it into a social occasion, I have no problem with that whatsoever. But please put the Equine Stars first and have the rest of it second. Well, that's it. I think you have to get the message across as to what's going on because, look, I, I don't care for many sports. Um, bar racing, to be 100% honest. But I'll tune into sports that I never watch if I see on social media that, I don't know, the Irish cricket team are about to beat England. I'll turn it on, you know. Or if, or if there's, there's I, I see a big build-up on social media for something remarkable that could potentially happen in some sport. I'll turn it on to see. Because, yeah. you know, we, we like to see remarkable things happening. And I just don't think racing does enough to really hammer home the fact that some of the very best racehorses on the planet are running at Leopardstown and the Curra this weekend, and you should be there to see this. You should turn on and watch it because this is world-class sport. Yeah. You know, I just, I, we're so insecure. You know, we're so insecure. And I sometimes I wonder about the people that are, that are charged with marketing the sport. Where do they actually really love racing and believe in racing? 
you know it just mm. uh, i just don't know i i would what i sometimes i wonder about the passion of the people that are charged with, with promoting the sport because passionate racing fans understand what this is about and they would understand the emphasis that needs to be placed and what's taking place this weekend this is the best flat racing we show we we stage in ireland all year yeah we don't beat this this is the this is the best and if we can't jump on board of that notion and promote the horses and we're and instead we're promoting style ambassadors and post race concerts and other sideshows sideshows that are going on around what is the main event the racing you know we're on a bad path are we well here, i just i just don't like it here's you've got you've got a horse with a name like roaring lion lads you like that, that markets himself with a name yeah, like that exactly. yeah and you've got a you've got a big gray filly there who's just absolutely unbelievable i completely agree with you now and like you i'm, I'm obviously st- i live in london so i don't see what goes on back there but you know it, it's it's really disappointing and you know i know you boys slag her off and we all kind of slag her off trying to get a wind up out of the aussies but jesus the Aussies do one thing good, and they they promote Ella Winksy like she's fucking uh, president. Like. <laughs> oh, stop! It, it, it's hey, a fact. Hey, with the way they, things, they, they, with the, they jump on their stars. With the way things Big are going time. in Australia, Winksy may very well end up as prime minister or, or president. They've had <laughs> they've had so many of those in recent times. They wouldn't be in the least bit surprised. But um, look, that's the rant over. I think Final Furlong podcast listeners are very passionate about their racing and will be watching at the races and ITV and RTE over the weekend to see this brilliant racing um, and believe in the product. You know, at the races, believe in the product. ITV, believe in the product. RTE, believe in the product. Believe in it. It's it's fantastic. Declan, how far does Alpha Centauri win by? Ah, oh, yeah, look, she, she, she runs a race. She wins. Um, it's as simple as that. You know, she's, she's just been phenomenal this season. She's just been brilliant. Um, hasn't hasn't really yet looked like kind of being beaten um fair enough with the cora when she got up to be could could it be love you know she had she looked she had a race on her hands there but that's only because the o'brien philly probably stole a good five or six lengths and colin o'donoghue rode his horse nice and quiet out the back but she got there in the end ready winner bolted up at ascot bolted up at newmarket bolted up at dover on ground that was probably as soft as she'd wanted beating a horse in Recoletus who has since come out and won again. Um, this filly is an absolute superstar. And, you know, I hope she goes and, and she wins again because uh, she, she'd bring the place down and hopefully she'll get a, an unbelievable reception. But uh, you ask me how far do I think she'll win, I'll, I'll go ooh, I'll go three lengths or over distance bet. Oh, I like it. I like it. And, and the thing is, she wins here. It's next step Breeders' Cup mile. So... There's, there's something to build to immediately. And that, of course, will be exclusively live on At The Races uh, with our good friend Nick Luck broadcasting for NBC. But hopefully she goes and does it. Uh, Kevin, in terms of the... Lawrence was a horse that I had really high hopes for at the start of the season. And she's done very well in France, but was very disappointing behind Sea of Class last time out. Uh, and then you come to a number of horses who've been disappointing for Aidan O'Brien. Happily, magical, but really led by Clemmy, who... I had huge hopes for uh, anything there that you would be interested in from a without market perspective or from a, uh, an exacta bet perspective. 
Um, I'd say Lawrence back down in trip is probably the pick. You know, I I would not judge her harshly on last time at all. Pretty much everything went wrong. Trip was probably a little bit beyond her, even if things had gone right. And uh, back down to a mile, I think they'll ride her good and aggressive. And she's a tough filly to pass, and you know, and a high class filly to be fair to her. So um, I, I'd go. I she'd be the one for the exacter for me now, but I think she might. She might set it up for Alpha Centauri as much as anything. Yeah, uh, hopefully Scobie will be doing another big celebration to the crowd. Colm O'Donoghue on Saturday and it'll be another big win for Jessica Harrington. The Paddy's Rewards Club Stakes Group 3 on the inner track is off at 4.55 on At The Races. And Rostropovich decides not to take up the engagement in the prenial in France. Instead, uh, lines up here. This is traditionally the race that Aidan O'Brien runs a horse in who will eventually end up running for Mike DeCock. I'm talking about the United States, Await the Dawn, Poet, the Bogbury, who, of course, we all remember really, really well. Uh, some of them... I remember the Bogbury. I remember I the Bogbury the, I well. think the Bogbury was the horse that Kieran Fallon won on on his comeback from a band. I think that could be a factual fact at Tipperary. Ooh, which you... band was that now? There was a couple. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing. Um, which, which which of them? Do you I know think, what? Yeah, it was the 7th... I, I think I was there. It was the 7th of June. might have won by a short head. It was the 7th of June. He won by a neck in 2007. Yeah. It's... Oh. Um, uh, he was wearing the colours of John Magner's mother. Uh, yeah. Eve Stockwell. And uh, he was backed as though defeat was out of the question. And indeed, it was. And who was he by, Kevin? Oh, jeez, I actually remember Hawkwing. The mighty Hawkwing. <laughs> the great Hawkwing. The greatest of all time. Declan the best horse. The best horse Aidan O'Brien ever trained by. Declan Officially Ricks. rated 196. The best horse ever. Declan Ricks has him as his screensaver in work. He's the, the background image on the At The Races computer. He's got a poster at his desk and he's got a signed photograph of Hawkwing and Mick Kinnan's Lockage success <laughs> hanging in the sitting room in London as well. And I can tell you now that Rixie's next holiday is Rixie's next holiday is to North Korea to go visit him at Stone. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the big one, Rixie? Ah, uh, well, there was a time there where I was actually shoveling his shite into a wheelbarrow, <laughs> do you believe? <laughs> Picking stones off the gallops in Valley Doyle. And the honour was all mine. And, and, and cleaning <laughs> up Hawkwing's shite, that's how you did. Uh, if you have no idea what we're talking about, by the way, somebody went to the trouble of signing in to and creating a username <laughs> to an excellent article that Declan had written on a blog when he was starting out. And... In amongst the rant that he was having at him, he said, Sure, all you did was pick stones and the gallops at Valley Doyle. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Uh, uh, it, it was one of the greatest sneers of all time. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, right, who wins this race? So, Rostropovich, I, I presume, sets the standard. Um, well held behind Poets Ward last time out, Kevin. Uh, stellar Mass is consistent Giuseppe Garibaldi uh, and master of realty for um, for Joseph what's your thoughts yeah master of reality he's a new horse um, don't know a whole lot about him um, he's by Frankel out of Lancres who Manny will remember mm. um, 
Retired. Braden O'Brien nearly won a Breeders' Cup. Retired and then was brought out of retirement a week later to run in the Breeders' Cup Phillies and Turf and just got nailed by that brilliant horse that Sir Michael Stout trained. Yeah, and look, this fella, he looks a nice horse. I've looked at all his runs and stays very well. Uh, can make, you know, can make the running. Um, just looks a solid horse and you wouldn't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that he, he'll end up in Australia in due course but mm. um, we'll get him started here and, and, and see where he goes from here he could end up in Australia sooner rather than later um, depending how this goes well why um, so, yeah. just on that Kevin why not take him direct from France to Australia why is he being taken to Joseph first um, want to give him a run before he goes down um, you know, it, it wouldn't be a full certainty that he'd go down this year. You know, there's a chance you, the weights for the Melbourne Cup and everything came out, and he looks like he'd look highly unlikely to get a run, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So you know, he may not go down straight away. Um. But we'll see how this goes, and, and you know, Lloyd and Lloyd will make a plan after this, I'm sure. And he was only bought this week. Oh no, he was bought. He's been there. He's been there quite a while. Well, okay. not quite a while, but he's been there a few weeks. But the, the ownership was only changed. The ownership name was only changed this week. Yeah, they'd only those would only go through um, when an entry is made. Okay. Um, but he's been there for a few weeks. He was he was bought fairly fairly soon after his last run, I think, from, from recollection. All right, but very much an unknown quantity. So, who is it for you then, Kev? Is it all about Rostropovich? I have a feeling Rostropovich might be running someplace else. No, he's declared um, for this. He is in the pre-neal, but he's declared for this. Okay, cool, cool. With uh, with Donica Oh yeah, on sorry, board. of course. Yeah, no, I I, I misspoke. Don't mind me. Donica is. Um, we, we rarely do. Uh, Donica is on board because Ryan will be <laughs> flying back from Doncaster. Yeah, um, look, I wouldn't have a strong view in this at all. Look at Roster Pro, which comes back to his Irish Derby form, which might flatter him a shade. Um, yeah, look, oh, Jesus, I struggle to have a strong view on this now. He was certainly disappointing last time, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, probably went a bit, probably went a bit hard in front that day. Um, but yeah, Jesus, it'd be a hard race for me to have a strong view on. To be honest, <laughs> his his form from Royal Ascot with Old Persian and then in the Irish Derby with Latrobe would give him a huge chance. But it's just you have to trust that he can come back to that. Um, Declan, you've been studying this card all day long. What's your thoughts on the Paddy's Rewards Club Stakes? Um, I'd be a little, I'd be a little bit different now to Kev. I think on this one, um, for me, if he's right, this looks a penalty kick for Rostropovich. That's what we like uh, to hear. Yeah, look, I, I really think it does. But look, that the, there has to be a worry that they look, you know, after running, after running second in an Irish Derby and second at Royal Ascot, it looked like they bloody used him as a pacemaker in the King George. <laughs> So like you, you know what what do you do with that like you know, um so yeah I don't know um look on on his form I think his form is comfortably clear of anything here and I think what really what really what's really going to suit him here is there's lit there's no pace on, um you've got the likes of Moustajir and Stellar Mass there at the top, um who are going to be giving him weight over this trip those those two look they're they're decent horses but I think both of them are 
definitely seen a best effect when there's a good gallop on. So I think in the slow run race, they they um, they will look vulnerable. Giuseppe Garibaldi, I was really impressed with him now the last day behind Flag of Honour. Um, they had blinkers on him and Jesus, he he didn't have go on him. He Considering how, how hard he pulled um, to be banged there late, I thought now was pretty impressive. They didn't go much of a gallop now, but I think the drop and trip will will suit him. Um, but then, like you see, with you know, with due respect to, to Emmett McNamara, Emmett Emmett's going to ride him. So look, you don't know is he going to maybe go and set the pace for for Oster Provich or what? Yeah. Um, Kev's, Kev's had a chat with you there about master reality. Um, Jesse's horse, the King, doesn't look good enough. Mick Halford's horse, Calaxia, doesn't look good enough either. Um, look, I'd be watching the market there. Um, I think he's priced at 15 to 8 here now, but I don't know if that's the correct price. Um, I'd be looking at this lad in the parade ring and just sorting out the vibes before the race. And if they're strong now, I think this lad should be winning because it, it doesn't look a good race. And... Dunnick is riding him, you know, obviously they want to get try and get Dunnick over the line to win the Jockeys Championship and and this is a big weekend for them and the, the stable's now back in form, so look, they'll be wanting him to win um, but just just the fact they used him as a pacemaker after running so well, you know, it just it just sends off alarm bells in your in your head, but look uh, if, he, if, he re, if he reproduces his Irish Derby form and and the race kind of pans out like I think it will. It doesn't look like there's going to be much of a gallop on here. I think he'll probably he he'll get home. He'll get home. Derby trial winner at Chester, uh, five lengths off Study of Man in the French Derby, narrowly beaten by Old Persian, narrowly beaten by Latrobe in the Irish Derby. Get stuck in. Saddle up the donkeys. Fill the wheelbarrow. Rostropovich is the Declan Ricks good thing. Uh, in the group three. Uh, very disappointed that Mount Everest doesn't take up the engagement in the Champions Juvenile Stakes over a mile. KPMG to give them their full sponsorship. Uh, Madhoom for Kevin Prendergast and Chris Hayes is a very short price. Favorite Kevin Blake. Um, assess this race for us. Is it as simple as he just goes and wins? Does he deserve to be such a short price uh, favorite? Or could you make a case for something like Sydney Opera House? Um, look, he he beats it in the Opera House with plenty of the spare first time. Yeah. Everyone was very impressed. Look, and everyone was just delighted, really, because Kevin Prendergast, you know, is a legend. And he hasn't been having a heap of winners this year, you'd, you'd have to say, be, being straight about it. So for him to come up with a horse like this that looks a, a proper stakes horse in making and um, put a smile on a lot of people's faces, and he would be probably the most popular winner of the weekend if he could win this. Mm. And he certainly looks to have the, enough talent to do so. But I wouldn't say it's straightforward now. Um, Sydney Opera House, as we talked about last week, I, I suspect he'll keep stepping forward um, with experience. And it, it's just quite fun that um, the, the three Bally Doyle runners here are all by Australia. Yeah. And um, and Australia himself won this race back in 19 Dickety-Doo um, to, to, to announce himself as, uh, as, as a very good horse. Which, so which, nice, translates, nice bit of, um, which translates to 2013, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it could be a nice bit of symmetry there if he goes and does it. I was quite taken with uh, the Ravens Pass for Dermot Wells, Massaf. Um, yeah, I have nothing against Massaf. Um, you wonder where he's been. Um, obviously, he hasn't run since that, since that debut back mm. in the middle part of June. You would have thought he would have been out again since. Uh, but Green that day, you know, wasn't given a hard time by Declan McDonough. 
um, should definitely step forward from that, you'd imagine. And there's just a few improvers in here. Um, you know, Cosmic Horizon for Joseph, I wouldn't rule out, uh, owned by Joe Schmidt, um, Irish rugby coach. So there'll, there'll be plenty of chit-chat about him, I'm sure, just because of that connection on oh, the day. Yeah, right. And um, don't let the fact that he's run at Bellastown and Galway and been beaten uh, put you off. He's a nice horse. He's, he's always been a nice horse. He's just been a slow learner. And um, the thought at running him at, at tra- the tracks that he has is that he just would learn more um, zipping around those tracks than he would at, at a nice big track. And I thought he really put things together last time. Uh, traveled much better. Was you know traveled well. Was always in control. Um, going up to a mile would suit him well. And I'd expect more improvement from him. Um, so I wouldn't rule him out. Um, in amongst the the sexier types like your, um, like your Massafs and your your Mad Hooms, Mad Moons, um, they'll be dominating the market. I'm sure, but I wouldn't rule out um, Cosmic either. Um. Jarlock Jar lines with Python as well. You know, I think when one of Jar's wins first time, they're generally all right. And this fellow was was forward enough to to force a dead heat first time. Um, and I I I would expect more to be forthcoming there. Um, and yeah, I don't have a strong view in this. You know, it's a race full of unexposed types that should really all come forward. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be taking a short price about Mad Moon. Um, I'll be giving Cosmic a roar, but it's not a view. It's not unless, and I haven't seen prices for it, but unless there's something jumps out as being a bit wild, um, I can't imagine that have a strong betting view in the race. Well, Aidan O'Brien has won every running of this race since 2012, bar one. That was 2016 uh, when uh, the Condon and Shane Foley, uh, Ken Condon and Shane Foley won with uh, Rise High. Um, so Sydney Opera Rise House. High. Yes. yes. See, isn't that a name change? I presume it is. I presume he's now uh, spending his time over, and indeed, it seems as though he is. Uh, he transferred over to uh, a fellow by the name of Chris Frowns, and now races at uh, Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, oh, I'll find out his own name here. Bear with me. But what I can tell you, Kevin Blake, that is... was uh, it was Landfall, wasn't it? Ah, good man yourself. That sounds good right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can tell you the broom, uh, written by Donnick O'Brien, is 100 to 30. Sydney Opera House is six to one. Western Australia 16s. Uh, Mad Moom 13 to eight. Massive 11 to two. Python eight to one. Cosmic Horizon for Joseph 16 to one. Hmm. Yeah, you get worse each way than that, I think. All right. We l- like the way he said that too, Declan. Uh, Rixie, for you? Um, yeah, look, this is an interesting race. Um, the Mad-, Mad Moon was very, very impressive, obviously, in debut, but they crawled that day, mm. and he just had too, too many too many gears for Sydney Opera House. Aiden has got three in there, and I suspect this is going to be a totally different type of run race. I reckon there'll be a decent gallop on um, this time. So it'll be a little bit more of a test for Mad Moon. Um, I'm of the opinion Donica is on the wrong one. Um, I like. I would have Sydney Opera House at the moment as Pirate a better C. horse. I Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm u- usually wrong with this kind of stuff, so we'll see. But um, he, Broom, I get the feeling is a decent workhorse, but when he's been running, he's just absolutely clueless. 
He still doesn't know what's going on. I think the step back up to a mile will definitely help him. Um, Sydney Opera House, like I said, I liked, but you know, Emmett is riding him, and uh, again, I'm giving Emmett, Emmett a, a poor old time here on the podcast. But uh, you know, you'd like to see Donica riding him. Uh, the one for me, lads, I actually like Jer's horse, Pithy, in here. He, he's interesting. Jer had the horse who ran fourth to Mad Moon, a horse called Army Recruit. And I find it interesting he's running them, this lad here. Now, Jer doesn't overface his horses, and I reckon he feels he's ready. Uh, he was quite raw. He's a big, 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 big son of uh, Olympic glory, I think it was. And look, he, he he impressed me on debut now, if I'm being honest. He came from an awful, awful position to, to get up in dead heat. So he will do for me at the prices of at 8 to 1. But uh, it's a really, really, really intriguing race. So we'll see if, if Donica was on Sydney Opera House... I think I would have made him the bet, but I just think Broom is still learning on the job too much to maybe win this. So I will give Jer's horse the the nod. Okay, Pythian coming out of stall one. And finally, the Clipper Logistics Boomerang Stakes. I will put forward I Can Fly. Uh, Ryan Moore will be on board. Jamie Heffernan writes Kenya, uh, who was very impressive in Handicap Company last time out. Uh, Rixie, take it away. Who's your bet? Oh, the bet here. Um, I can't believe they're, they've stuck Ryan up on... I can fly. I can fly. Yeah, I, I don't get that now. I would have her comfortably behind Kenya and what he did the last day. Well, but the now, thing, now, the thing there fair. might be there, they want to keep Shamey, the partnership intact. Maybe, or maybe if you watch back that famous night at Tipperary when we were recording, she met... she. <laughs> broke badly and met every bit of trouble in running so you could probably oh, I, I, I watched it alright Kennedy I've done my homework <laughs> <laughs> why could you watch it been on the at the races site watching back all the coverage uh, she did bolt up the time before that and she was obviously a final furlong project for, for a while but you're you're firmly in the Kenya camp no, I wouldn't say that now. I think, well, I'd be firmly in, in the camp of Kenya in terms of if I had a choice of riding one or the other, I'd ride Kenya. Uh, but this, look, this is going to be a different test for, for Kenya, who obviously won the Irish Cambridge for the last time. Mm-hmm. He's going up in grade. Um, the one I like here um, is Dermot Wells making light. Um, Jesus, she really, really impressed me in the platinum stakes now. Uh, the way she travelled, she just looked like a filly in absolutely rude health. Travelled all over Pinchek, who has since gone on to win. Uh, quickened up well, hit the line well, and just looked like she was moving, like she was just full of bloody, what are them oils that do your joints good? Uh, cannabis oils? No, not cheese, <laughs> not the cannabis oils. <laughs> Christ above. Which is, which is now legal, by the way. <laughs> They're fish oil. The omega a cod, bit of cod liver oil. Ah, cod liver oil. There you go. Cod she was oil. working like clockwork, boy. Go back and watch her. She <laughs> sailed across the ground. It was unreal to watch. Kennedy loves cannabis oil. Cannabis oil. <laughs> Here, here's the still in the beans. Here, isn't he? Here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing. That's hilarious. So. I have never in my life touched a recreational drug, right? I can honestly say that I have been, I have been a right bore. However, however, uh, I am on a prescription of tramadol, uh, Plexia, Valium. And so uh, a doctor did say to me, which is far worse. 
<laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And a doctor recently said to me, you know, cannabis oil might be a, a, a good one for you. And I said, just give me the Valium. Just give me the Valium, it's fine. It's not like I've got a problem or anything. Um, okay, so that's... You're, try you're trying to go down the, the Joe Rogan presenter route of podcasts, but, <laughs> but, you're, but instead of getting high on illegal substances, you do it legally. That's very good, yeah. Yeah, just, just like pop away a couple of Valium before we start the show and just be super chilled. Um, Kevin, your assessment of the race. I have no interest in the boomerang, but I do have one for the Sovereign Path. Tell us. The who lucky is it? last. Who is it? Um, I like Silver Code for Joe Murphy. Um, fairly simple case here. He's a horse I was mad about last year. Um, he was second in this race off a mark of 99. Um, was, was very well fancied for the race and was just beaten by Bird Sugar, who takes him on again here. But this year, look, the wheels have fallen off a bit, but there's a genuine excuse why. You know, Joe, it's, well, it's been well publicized. Joe Murphy's horses were very sick for much of the season. Yeah. But they're starting, they're starting to come around now. They're starting to come around, and the handicapper has given Silver Code a big chance. Um, after he finished second in this race last year, he was put up to 103. And after five runs since then, he's now down to 91. You know, he's been heavily dropped. And uh, Joe Murphy's had a winner the other day. They're just starting to creak back around into form. And uh, I give him a good chance now. He's drawn five, which is a solid draw. And... Uh, yeah, looked really competitive handicap, but I think he's a. I'm glancing at prices here. I think he's a twelve or fourteen to one shot, um, and that would do for me. And finally, Rixie, anything else in your tracker on the ATR tracker for Saturday? Um, just one more. I see Willie is running a few in the the Premier handicap, the um, the staying one. I think it's the second race or the third race on the card there at Leopardstown, and Sharjah is back again. And he's running off a mark of 93 and he's going to get decent ground now again, proper decent ground, which we, we think he likes. Um, he's five to one and Lamine, he's ahead of him in the betting, but I would be, I would have that the other way around now. Lamine, he's obviously a good horse, but I think there's, there's maybe just a little bit of kind of hype now around Lamine running on the flat. And I think that's kind of built into that price. She has to give Sharjah five pounds. And I'm not sure she's going to be able to do that. Colin Keane takes the right for Willie. Uh, he's five to one at the moment. Uh, he's pretty obvious. But look, this this race often goes to a national hunt trainer. I think Willie actually won this race last year as well. So uh, I think Sharjah is actually a decent bet in this race. I'm liking the sound of that, Declan Ricks. And uh, I would argue with you and say... Not that obvious at all. So uh, fair play to you, and we will we will take that. Right, the feature race on Sunday is the Comer Group International Irish Saint Ledger, where Flag of Honor uh, is currently favoured in the absence of the now retired Order of Saint George, and what an amazing career he had. Uh, it's a shame that he's retired, and I like the tweet from Bally Doyle saying how much they're going to miss him from the yard. But um, as Aidan O'Brien, as I've said many times in this podcast, was quoted as saying, "The National Hunt lads and ladies up and down the country are queuing up for Order of St George, so they had to mind him, and he's off to stud." That being said, I think the favourite, the market is wrong. Surely Latrobe should be favourite, and spoiler alert. <laughs> A member of this team has backed Latrobe at 25 to 1. It's not me, by the way. 
And it's not me either. Am I Rexy? <laughs> Absolute guesswork, and I got lucky. <laughs> 25 to 1 about the Irish St. Ledger winner of 2018. That, my friend, is an account closer and damn good work. Well, look, to be to be fair now, it, this is the bookie's fault because if you if you remember rightly, Kev was on um he was on ITV on Saturday. Told the world. Uh yeah, look, he you 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 could read Blake like a book now, a terrible <laughs> poker face, you know. <laughs> you could you could see all day he was gonna run at the Cora. I know look, I didn't know. Look, he was what I think what was he, eight to one for the the one at Doncaster and twenty five yeah. to one for look, I just said uh I'll have a small few quid in them. I, I think I literally had 20 quid on them, if I'm being honest. I had five, I had a fiver on um, four separate accounts, so hopefully that won't get them that's closed four, That's four accounts, Scott. There you four go. accounts yeah. closed. I try and spread the money around to keep them alive because, jeez, I can't be arse walking to bookies every day. That breaks my heart. Uh, no one wants to do that anymore. Nobody wants to do that anymore. Um, so, Kevin, reveal all. Uh, terrible race planning. Whoever's doing the race planning there needs a slap in the face. Uh, taking him off to York for the Judmont International. What was that all about? Absolutely ridiculous. So, oh, sorry, Kevin, that's you, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure producer D will take that out. So, obviously, fantastic win in the Irish Derby. Um, famously beating Saxon Warrior, but it was Roster Popich who was in second. We've talked about uh, Declan thinking he's a penalty kicker on the Saturday. Uh, and this is the race that he goes for instead. You're going back up in trip. You had said that he has speed, but he obviously has stamina as well. How confident are both of you heading into the weekend? Ah, well, we don't know. We don't know is the quick answer. Um, everyone knows what the, what happened in the Irish Derby. You know, he was very much in the favourite position and showed a great attitude to to go and win. Uh, you know, I I stand over going to York. You know, I think it was important to find out if he had the pace for that sort of test. Um, given his Australian options. And again, look, this is a horse that's highly likely to end up in Australia, you know, if not this year, next year. And uh, his connections wanted to find out if he could be potentially a Cox Plate horse. And, you know, it didn't didn't end well, didn't work out. He was a bit disappointing on the day. Uh, the run t- wasn't devoid of promise, but I think it told us that at the very highest level, 10 furlongs, um, in this part of the world is probably not not what he wants. Mm. Um, so look, you go up to a mile six here. You're going into the unknown with stamina. You know, as I said before, York. You know, you look at his pedigree, and you know Camelot is obviously by Monju and is a, a strong influence for stamina. But there's an awful lot of pace on the damn side of his pedigree. So it's it's a proper unknown. It's a proper unknown. You know, the Irish Derby that he won didn't test stamina. Um, so you know we're coming in here blind, and we'll hope for the best. I just hope he settles and gives himself a chance uh, because if he can come back to his Irish derby form, he must have a massive chance. Has to. He has to. You know, I'm, I'm very happy with the decision to come here rather than Doncaster when you weigh up, the, when you put the two races upside each other. Uh, you know, when you have flag of honour to beat to win a classic, I think you're in the right spot. You know, the, 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 the St. Ledger at Doncaster has turned out to be you know, from what looked a slightly windy renewal, pretty much every horse that was in the mix for it is now turning up, um, bar Latrobe, and it looks like a race that would take a fair bit of winning, whereas this, you know, is going to be six runners at the very most, you know, flag of honour, the one to beat after, you know, getting the run of the St. Ledger trial at, at the Curra. you know, fair play to him, he carried a penalty, 
uh, and got the job done, beat Twilight Payment. Twilight Payment is not a horse. You'd be going to bed fearing um, if you think if you have an Irish Derby winner, really. You know, Idaho, good horse to this day, but she has, hasn't really convinced me now up past the mile and a half. He's no higher than real. Um, you know, Weekender was going to make the pace for Enable last week until they took him out. You know, gra- fine run in the E-bar, but, you know, you'd be a little bit disappointed if he came and won an Irish Derby. Um, and then you've got the rest, you know, a good solid three-year-olds without being spectacular. You know, so, I, I, you know, you're coming into an Irish ledger with an Irish Derby winner, you know, albeit one that you can throw stones at, absolutely, I understand that, but... Um, if he stays, he must have a massive chance. But again, I, I reiterate, he'd be a far from certain stayer in my mind. This is about sucking it and see what happens. And, and hopefully it works out well. And to be fair, you you had said that after he won the Irish Derby, that you, you weren't absolutely adamant that that would be the trip. Because a lot of people were, were thinking Doncaster St. Ledger, you know, the, the St. Ledger would be the race for him. Um, and look, he took a punt at, at York and, and went for a group one over 10 furlongs. It didn't go right, but... Hopefully this works out well. I think the eleven to four is actually a very fair price. Now I know we we talked you know, up. I, and and one thing I would say um, quickly is that he has had you know notably fast ground to contend with in his last couple of starts. Yes. And going back going back to a surface with a bit of an ease in it, um, I would consider a significant positive for him. Okay. I think he'll all he'll always appreciate an ease, whereas. Um, you know his last four starts really have been on good to firm ground, and uh, get getting back on ground with a bit of an ease, and that would, would be near enough perfect for him, I think. When you took the twenty-five to one, Rixie, you couldn't have imagined that this race would fall apart in the manner that it has, and now you'd be in such a strong position where he's generally a nine to four shot. You can get eleven to four, and I'm thinking the eleven to four is actually a reasonable price. You're sitting on twenty fives. Yeah, I think there, there's nothing, absolutely nothing between Flag of Honour and La Trobe. Um, I think Flag of Honour is probably just about the right favourite um, solely based on his proven stamina. That That's basically it. Um, I I had La Trobe run into 112 when he won the Irish Derby and I had Flag of Honour running to 112 when he uh, when he won was it the Ledger Trial? Yeah. So look, there's there's nothing there's nothing in it. Um, weekender I had running to 113 in the in the e board, but he's obviously got to give eight pounds away to the two three year olds, and that's probably going to be a hard thing to do over this sort of trip. So look. Um, the stamina is the only the only worry with Latrobe, but it, it to be fair, um, it, it looks like a pace that could be run at a crawl, and if it is run at a crawl, you'd probably just favour Latrobe. So it'll be interesting to see what what Aiden does if he leaves in Idaho as well. Uh, he's been very disappointing this year. Uh, weekender, yeah, very very disappointing. Um, I don't know. They've been. They've tried to make the running with him there a couple of times. Like he's just. He's. I think he's lost his way. To be fair, but he, yeah. I don't think he's that horse. He needs a lot of cover. He needs being buried away, and he needs a good, good lead, uh, in my opinion. But uh, look, he he doesn't look the same horse this year. Um, look, Aiden's got. He's got the. He's got a couple in there, so he's got the. You know the kind of 
the, the joker in his hand to kind of maybe play this race out like he was. But look, I, I think Donica should just keep it simple, you know, just go off and sit off, just sit on the, the flanks of flag and honour, flag of honour, get a lead off and get some cover and, you know, may, may the best horse win. I think it's that simple. Well, it was a brilliant ride from Donica in the Irish Derby and uh, hopefully we will see a repeat of that at the Curra 450 live and at the races the Comer Group Irish St. Ledger Latrobe is the selection for all of us the 415 is the Goffs Vincent O'Brien National Stakes a very exciting Group 1 Anthony Van Dyke was odds on during the week that's all changed because Quarto makes the journey over the son of Dubawi out of a Mount Nelson Mare volume for Charlie Appleby and they're 6-4 to four joint favourites depending on who you're betting with uh, I am the chairman, along with one of our listeners of the Final Furlong podcast of the Christmas Fan Club. And while I love Christmas, I'm talking about the racehorse by Galileo out of a lemon drop kid mare. Love this horse. Uh, he's seven to one, chased home Anthony Van Dyke the last day. And uh, then it's a case of, well, who else is going to line up? Um, Land Force is entered, but really this is about the front two, front three in the betting. Um, Kevin will lead with you, Anthony Van Dyke doesn't do things the easy way but he does look to have a huge amount of class yeah look I've, I've been very fond of him since his first run really um, god I, I hope he wins here because I'm very fond of him but I just can't help but think he might be a little bit vulnerable uh, over this trip ground with a bit of an ease in it and um, he just might be a little bit vulnerable I think that this will really test him. We'll really find out what, what he's made of uh, here in, in this particular race now. Because I think he's a horse that will want all of, you know, certainly 10 furlongs. You know, fast ground. I think that'll be what he wants. And uh, he's not going to get, you know, the test of stamina here might not be adequate for him. And the surface might not be ideal. And he's got a proper horse in opposition in Quarto. Um, a horse we've talked about a bit on the pod before after yeah. his debut and again last time like he looks a right good horse I'd be very afraid of Quarto and um, at the if they're the same price geez, I'd probably lean towards Quarto uh, he's by Dubawi you know he's doing more than a Dubawi a typical Dubawi would be doing at this stage of his career his debut over six you know very unusual for Dubawi to be uh, you know, out of Mount Nelson Mayor to be doing what he to be, to be doing that over six, and he went up to seven last time at at Newmarket and was was very good. You know, he's a, he's a nice horse. He's a Guinea's horse, and um, I just would worry as an anti Anthony Van Dyke fan, the Quarto might just have a bit too much toe for him in these circumstances. You're talking about the the stamina of this race and how that will not necessarily play to Anthony Van Dyke's strengths. Do you see a situation where Christmas could turn the form around with him? Um, I don't think we saw the best of Anthony Van Dyke the last day. I think he's a, he's a better horse than Christmas. Um, you know, in these circumstances, maybe. But I'd like to think Anthony Van Dyke would overcome the the bits and pieces that aren't suitable for him here and run a very big one. And uh, you know, that would. That would very much include, you know, seeing off Christmas before than he did last time. But I'd just be afraid that I'd just be thinking that Quarto might be ahead of both of them. Rixi, Quarto undeniably adds a huge amount of interest to this race. And it's fantastic that Charlie Appleby's bringing him over. Uh, what is your assessment of Anthony Van Dyke against him? 
Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I, Anthony Van Dyke is a good horse, but I, I, he hasn't done anything for me yet to suggest that he's, uh, a real standout kind of classic contender for next year. He was disappointing the last day. I thought, I know, he, I know he won. Um, and to be fair to him, on another way, he he was tough and getting up to win. But you know, he just didn't go like a four to six shot. Uh, maybe it was the ground that could well be a possibility. I know Ryan Moore kind of suggested that immediately when he got off him after the race. So that was yielded ground. He's probably going to get it slightly better here. Um, but I'd be pretty confident that he's going to meet a better horse than Christmas in Quarto, um, who really, really, really impressed me when he when he won. Was it the Super? Relative stakes or the superlative. superlative? The superlative stakes. Super- Beating Highland Reels, brother. Cape of Good Hill. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't just beat him. Now he kicked him out the gate. Yeah. The whole lot. Like he he. This lad travels like a, a really really good horse. He he just he brought William Buick into it so easily. Uh, you could, like William Buick to me now is a jockey who is probably just a, li- a little bit aggressive. You know, he likes to go forward, but he was at pains not to get to the front too soon with this lad. And he picked up like a good horse. He won in a good time. Um, I think his sections, his closing sections were decent as well. And he's a fine, big, strong horse. I don't. He, that was good to firm ground he's been winning on. I don't think an easier surface will... Um, will uh, hinder him in in any way. So if you were asking me to back one at, at six to four, um, which I think both of them are best price, I'd definitely be siding with the the Godolphin horse. Um, quickly, just before we move here, um, there is one. Aiden's horse Mohawk was behind Anthony Van Dyke the last time he was third, and he was well held in the end. But he took a massive step forward, and it'll be interesting to see if he if he runs here and and if he can step forward again. He's twenty five to one, and the other horse that's twenty five to one, he looks overpriced, is the the stack horse Highland Fortune. Now he was beaten a neck by Christmas at Tipperary, and it was a bit of a joke of a race to be honest. But Christmas got a, a very 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 easy lead. And Billy Lee, I think, settled his last his horse about three or four lengths behind him, and he came to do him, and he, I think, he was in front, and he just got out battles. That was over seven and a half, so back to seven, he could go closer again. He, he's, he's he's a nice horse himself, uh, Highland Fortune, son of Declaration of War. There'll be two, they be two. I'd be looking at a, at bigger prices, but um, in all honesty, I think if you had to nail me down for one, it's it's going to be pretty obvious. Um, I think it's Quarto. He's he looks he looks the real deal to me. And it has to be significant that they're making the journey over here with him. By the way, a few months ago, I made a comment on the podcast about taking note when Godolphin horses are well-backed. And Kevin <laughs> burst into laughter and was like, oh, what are you talking about? Absolute nonsense. Oh, Kennedy, any out of it. The money that came for Quarto against Cape of Good Hope the money that flooded in for that horse that day. Backed as though defeat was out of the question. Up and down the lines. Little bags were shown to be thrown into the air afterwards. There was cash left, right and center. It happens. And take note when it does. Uh, Porto versus Anthony Van Dyke with Christmas in there for good measure as well. That's going to be a great race. Live on ATO 415, the Vincent O'Brien National Stakes. Right, the Moyglare Stud Stakes uh, was won last year by Aidan O'Brien. Uh, it was a bit of an upset on the day as happily 
for Dunnick O'Brien uh, beat Magical, I believe, who was the uh, the better fancied one. We've got a situation right now, Kevin, where Skitter Scatter is going to represent Paddy Pendergrast uh, and looks an absolute star, certainly on the basis of her, of her last two performances. Main Edition is still in here for Mark Johnston, but just wonderful, so perfect, Fairyland Zagatova. Fairyland, I'm pretty sure, goes for the Chibli Park. So just wonderful and so perfect are the two of the O'Brien horses that you'd be looking at, and I would be much more interested in Just Wonderful, who did it well last time. Um, well, I'll just start off with Skitter Scatter, and I would absolutely love if Skitter Scatter won. Yeah, I would um, too. Because, because I'm not just saying it, you know, Patrick Prendergast is one of the greatest gentlemen you would ever meet yeah. in your life, never mind in racing. Yeah. He's an absolute smasher of a human being, and um, I, would, I would love it, as a great man once said. If she can go and uh, and win this, she's ob- she's already been a credit to him, but uh, in winning the debutante. But um, geez, I'd love what, to see her win this. Just wonderful's got to go there and get something, and I would love it. I would love it if we beat them. No, he he. I've I've known Patrick. I'd say for fifteen years. When I was a young lad, knew no one, knew nothing. I went up and talked to him one day at the races about some horse he had, and. The fella couldn't give you enough time, couldn't be more generous in, in giving his opinion to just some random young fella that came up to him asking her about a horse. And I've, you know, got to know him much better since. And he's just a, a, a gent of a human being and uh, and has always been a, a proper trainer of a racehorse. Is never, is, was never one for self-promotion. Um, t- doesn't have a huge yard there on the edge of the curra, mm. but it's all it's always been quality over quantity, and um, tends to produce a stakes class two year old most years. And I'm just thrilled that he he got this filly and um, and she's representing him so well. And I would just be genuinely thrilled if she could do the job here in, in the Moiglair. Um And look, clearly very solid form claims, and um, won't be upset about the cut on the ground based on what she did in the debutante last time. Uh, just a tough filly. Tough and classy. And she's going to be bang there. Um, she'll have some tough opposition, to be fair to her. She goes into the race as the highest rated filly. In terms of the Bally Doyle challenge, um, probably I'd favour just wonderful. Um, she seems suited by the quieter ride. Over a mile last time, she'll come back to seven here. Excuse me, I'd imagine she'll be she'll be dropped back, dropped in again and ridden with patience. I don't think she wants to be in front for too long. And look, she she's clearly always been held in very high regard and you know delivered on that last time and can come forward again. A main addition I would have down as the biggest danger to, to skitter scatter. Um very good filly. Um I was I've been hoping for a little while that she'd get back on ground with knees in it, and she duly did last time and, and took a good step forward, I thought. And um, the ease in the ground here will be a help to her. Seven furlong suits her well. Um, she'll be bang up there, no nonsense type of ride. And um, she won't get an easy lead, I'd imagine, with the, with the Ballydoyle battalions. But I don't think she has to lead. I think sitting, sitting handy will be just fine for her. And um, I thought she'd be the one to beat now. But like I say, my my heart is very much with Skitter Scatter here. Yeah, I was saying after she won at the Curra that, you know, why would she not be favourite for the Moigler? And why could she not win it? And she's joint favourite, 9-2, along with main edition 
and just wonderful. And it would be a great story uh, were she to go and win. And, and well done for speaking so highly of, of Paddy too. It's uh, very much deserved for Patrick Prendergast. Um, so Perfect is, is interesting uh, after her second to advertise last time out. And of course, she's already beaten Skitter Scatter as well. Declan, what's your thoughts on the Moigler? Um Ugh, very, very tough race to get a, a hold on at the moment. I think you've got 15 fillies entered in there. Aiden's got quite a few in there, so we don't really know what's going to run. Um, Fairyland, I'm not so sure if she steps up to seven on ground with a bit of cost. You know, I think she, I'm not sure she has the stamina for that kind of game yet. Pretty, uh, her, I'm pretty adamant she's going to go Chiefly Park. I'm pretty adamant okay. that's, that's the plan with her. That's that's probably the right for, that's probably the right move for her to be fair. Um, her most I you know was disappointing a bit last time, um, so perfect. Uh, if she steps up to seven, I'm not sure that's going to be really her bag either, especially on kind of um, soft uh, not softest ground but ground with cotton it. Yeah. Um, she she ran well in the Phoenix to be fair behind the Colts, um, just beaten by advertise. But if you go back and watch that, she was pretty keen. She was throwing her head around um, pretty badly. Yeah. And to be fair to her, it's a testament of her, her ability now that she she managed to stay going. But I'm just not sure about her stepping up in trip yet. Uh, Zagatova was very disappointing in the debut behind Skidder Scatter the last day. To me now, she looks like she probably wants a mile. And, you know, it's all coming back to kind of Skitter Scatter main edition and just wonderful. It looks like this race is going to be running at a pretty strong gallop now, especially if Skitter Scatter goes and main edition goes which could potentially set things up for just wonderful, maybe coming late to do them. And she's been conditioned over a mile that she won the last day, but that form, I'm not totally sold on it either. So to me, um, it looks like the here and now Philly is going to be skitter scatter. And I think she will, will, will take the beating as long as the ground doesn't get too soft. I know she went she went well on yielding ground the last day. Um, but I think that's as soft as she'd wanted. But you'd have to be really impressed how she won the last day. You know, uh, Ronan Whelan just couldn't get a lead long enough for her and she just took him to the front. Had some decent fillies well off the bridle and she strode clear them. So um, while she might not turn out to be the best of these long term, you know, she's probably the here and now filly and, um, you know, you don't really like saying, saying it, you know, but it's like, it, be great to see the small guy win, you know, I hate saying it's all, you know, good for the small guy. You know, Pat Prendergast is a, it's a highly capable trainer, but uh, it's always nice to see these kind of guys win the big races every now and again. Daughter of Scat Daddy out of a street cry mare, and I am with you as well. I think it'd be fantastic if she wins, but also it would be great for my bank balance, so I will be happily cheering her on. <laughs> uh, the Moigler Blanford Stakes, I should say the Moigler Jules Blanford Stakes, Group 2 for Phillies and Mares, uh, sees Azira as the 7-4 favourite Magic Wand, still entered at 7-2, um, and we've got I'm So Fancy in there as well. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you again. Your assessment currently of this race, my friend. I wouldn't have a big view at all. Look, Azira ran a stormer behind Sea of Class last time, travelled notably well. That was over a mile and a half, you know, coming back to a mile two here. I, I think might actually suit her. You know, she's been primarily campaigned over a mile and a half, and it clearly stays. But I don't think she's short of toe either. And um, I don't think coming back would be a problem for her. 
and it could well bring her forward. And, you know, I don't think she really needs to step forward to win this. So if she can come forward a pound or two, um, she'd look a bit of a good thing. But that would be about the, the extent of my view now. Um, one would assume that Magical and Magic Wand may not go here, but we'll, we'll see what the decks say in the morning. Dermot Weld going for his fifth win in the last 10 years in this race. Rixie, do you have a view? No. <laughs> Apparently, Rixie has no view on that particular race. Paging well, Rix, paging London. Oh, sorry there. Jace, lads, would you believe my microphone was off there? Oh, ah, you're some girl. You were on mute, were you? <laughs> I was on mute. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, we, uh, we can edit this one out again, yeah? No, so, we nope. can't. Absolutely not. Uh, your view on the jewels stakes, the Moigler. Yeah, uh, again, like the Moigler, it's a little hard to get to grips with it. We don't know the decks, but there's a fair chance this race cuts up badly. Magical runs on Saturday. Magic Wand might go to France. Yeah. Um, Joseph's horse, Damel's Fly, is probably not good enough. Curly's probably not good enough. Uh, Jim's horse, Samaria, if she runs, she's taking a big drop down in trip. Panstar ran the other day, um, but I suppose that wouldn't be of concern with Jim training her. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she could run bloody three times this week. To be, um, she Never mind doesn't... what's not running, Rixie. What's going to win? Yeah, right. tell us. Oh, James Blake has to bring in the foals or something there. He's getting awful cranky, is he? <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, I thought Broadway was a big price here, lads. Um, I'm trying to get up the old comparison website there, but she was 33 to 1 last night. I, I believe. Ran a Tipperary on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. Oh, he didn't like... He didn't like the fall jab. He came straight back. Yeah, in. straight back in. Exactly. He didn't. He didn't uh, like that. That one. One bit. Yeah. So basically, I would be looking to take on Azira, who I think is priced at seven to four. I'm not sure about her coming back in trip now. Um, to be honest, I would give Jesse's horse, Beautiful Morning, who is out of date with Destiny. Who I think oh yes. Was the only horse of George Washington's yeah, to make it to the racetrack. That's right. What a yeah. She what a she brilliant was impressive. Horse he was. Yeah, she was impressive beating Doville. Now, the last day, she she really tanked through the race like she was in the top of her game and she managed to beat Doville. Doville's not, he's probably not as good as he was, Doville, but she, she still beat him. But yeah, look, I'd take on the favourite. I'd have plenty of time for whatever Jesse runs and beautiful morning and I'm so fancy. But if you can still get the 33s about Broadway, that to me is a colossal price. Gone. Oh, is it gone, is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> the, the top price, according to attheraces.com, is 16 to 1 about Broadway. That's, that's... Even, to me now, even that is, is still a little bit big because she took a big step forward the last day behind Beautiful Morning and it was by far and away a career best and I just get the feeling potentially the penny might be dropping with her and she's by Galileo out of Dane Drop, which means she's a half-sister to who? Oh, God. Uh... Oh, Just so you know, I, I wasn't actually listening there. I was distracted, so I don't know what you're, what you're agonizing over. <laughs> I, I, could, I could look it up, but I don't want to, and it's staring me in the face. Why is this? An, ar an arc winner trained in Germany. Daydream. Daydream. There, there you go, yeah. King George winner as well. 
There you go. Yeah, yeah. she's out of Dane drop. She's a, she's a half to her. So, look, maybe the penny is just dropping. And Aiden actually won a race with a filly at Doncaster today. Was it Fleeting? Who on form had no no had no real right to go and win as she did. And it, you know, Aiden, some of these fillies with Aiden can just click into gear. And I'm hoping that's going to be the case with Broadway. Um, the 33s is gone, but I would still say 16s is fair. It is amazing how Aiden O'Brien can get fillies to improve. And um, yeah, I'm I'm liking the 16 to 1 shot case that you make. Right. Take cover at 17 years of age, makes the journey <laughs> over by the looks of things for the Derrenstown stud flying five stakes. It is seriously uh, terrific to see him. I was there with uh, Kevin and producer D last year when Caravaggio uh, made the drop-in trip and bolted up. Will Sue Nation over his beloved five furlongs bounce back in this now group one race. Kevin Blake. Yeah, disappointing turnout. Um, you know, it's important when these races get upgraded. And this is the first time this is run as a group one. And I don't think they'll be happy with the turnout. No. Um, you know, Casby and Prince and take cover legends. But you'd like, you know, you'd like your Batash turning up or something like that, you know, just, just to put it, just to put a bit of spice on it for its first well, year. We were, we were going to have blue points. And unfortunately, he's had a setback, and that that would have been yeah, it's it's it's, it's killed it stone dead. It's yeah. killed it stone dead. Unfortunately, um, we don't necessarily have the domestic sprinting power that we had um, in you know relatively recent years. And I say power, you know, referring soul, to your soul, soul power powers, days, your state yeah. powers, and yeah. what have you. Um, we we're lacking a small bit. We had a bit of a we had a bit of a golden era for Irish trained sprinters there about kind of four or five years ago, but we're a little bit, the cupboard's a little bit bare at the minute. But anyway, we're here. It's a group one. It's great for the, for the Irish sprint program that is there. And hopefully um, it'll be a better renewal going forward. But who knows? So one of the three-year-olds could come out here and win by five lengths and we'll be talking about what a wonderful performance it was. Uh, which one could it be? Um, Havana, Gray. You know, in a not spectacular renewal, uh, must have a great chance. You know, he ran very well in the Nuntorp last time in a race. You know, he he was by himself. You know, for for he raced alone. You know, was only beaten three lengths. Um, you can make excuses for him a couple of times if we if he can get back to what he showed over this course and distance in the Sapphire. Um, that puts him bang there. You'd have to think. Uh, in, in what is, you know, a step down in company, essentially. Um, but that would be the most inspiration I have now, to be honest. Sioux Nation, a Group 1 winner at this track last season and ran a super race behind the US Navy flag in the July Cup. What's gone wrong the last twice? Who knows? Yeah. Disappointing. Very. Disappointing with a capital D. Very. Uh, my big, big hopes for him. Going into Royal Ascot, no, it just hasn't, didn't happen there. Hasn't happened since. I just don't know. Is the quick answer. All right, uh, Havana Grace for Kevin, uh, Declan Ricks. This is the final race we're talking about. What about you? Uh, let's not sugarcoat this as this is an absolute shite point. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> And you can see it live on At The Races. And I will be throwing on an old Acumenal documentary when this is on. Now. <laughs> That's how I'll be spending the old Darren Stone stud flying five. Oh, I have absolutely no opinion. Discovery <laughs> Animal Planet. Squeal of wheat. 
Oh, dearie me. No opinion whatsoever on this. I'm I'm very sorry. Go. All right. Well, uh, look, it, it, no I'm disappointed disappointed for the race. It would have been great if we had Batasher and Blue Point and maybe even Harry Angel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it, it hasn't worked out. And um, look, there's I I I've literally I couldn't couldn't find a bet in this if I tried I really couldn't never apologise Declan Riggs never apologise uh, right best bets for Irish <sighs> Champions weekend Declan Riggs we will start with you what's the good thing oh this is this is tough um... now this can be the good thing or your best value bet of the weekend um, you choose I I <sighs> This is tough now. I think Roster Povich on form should should win, but I'm just not sure about him. Uh, look, I I was really I was really impressed with making light, and I think she'll go very close in the boomerang stakes. The only thing with her, um, any bit of rain that falls, I think will help her. And the other thing that I've just noticed is Dermot Well, I think is operating at about a three percent strike rate at the moment. Yeah, which is oh. which is as low as you'd really want to go, you know. Oh. So yeah, um, look, we'll see what the vibes about her. But go back and watch her win at Cork. She she just looked like a filly who was, was at good. the at the complete top of her game. So yeah. look, I I I'd put her up if 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 I had to pick up another one. I I I think Jar's horse in the uh, in the Champion Juvenile Stakes is interesting Pythian in terms of a value bet yeah and he is a decent price as well Kevin Blake Silver Code and the lucky last at Leopardstown ah I like it I like it uh, I'll go oh actually sorry lads no I'll, I'll sorry to interrupt you I'll put forward Charger I think he's got a great chance good man and um, I'll put in Skitter Scatter and you can and a skit. you can do a patent you can do a lucky 31 you can do whatever it is you want uh, uh, that, that is our look <laughs> at a fantastic irish champions weekend alpha centauri is racing in ireland before she heads over to america it looks as though she is going to race on as a four-year-old and just think about that she could be lining up in the queen anne assuming she stays fit and well at royal ascot she is a proper ambassador for the sport and she should be on every billboard around the country. And we've got a really interesting renewal of one of Europe's most prestigious races. And it's right here in this country, the Irish Champion Stakes. You can see every single race live on At The Races, all the form and information that you need at attheraces.com as well with At The Races and time form selections. And of course, Gary O'Brien, Hugh Taylor, um, and there's someone called Declan Ricks who uh, writes a column there as well on the site too. He can be worth reading every now and again. Uh, that is and it. He Thank- and he likes whales. And he loves whales. <laughs> He's a big fan of whales. <laughs> and we're not talking about the country. He likes Tom Jones' music now as well, but he's a real big <laughs> fan of whales. Uh, that's I it, gen- lads. genuinely think whales are actually more intelligent than some of the lads that come on this Shagging podcast, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and, I incl- and I include myself in that. And 100%. on that bombshell, we are done. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for the kind words on social media as well. From Declan Ricks. See you later. Have a great weekend. This is an absolute... This is what we are in the game for. Can't wait for it. Well said. From Kevin Blake. Good luck. And from me, Emma Kennedy. We'll talk to you again Monday on AtTheRaces.com. Have a brilliant weekend. Enjoy it all. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. 
Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. Plus. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app, yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.